Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Hallelulu Blue. In Hallelulu Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say Hallelulu. We have found a word that Hallelulu. Chris cannot Hall- say. I want to say Hallelulu. Well, hello, everybody. That is me butchering the English language as usual. We are here. It is Monday after Conference Championship Sunday. It was a great day. It was a great weekend. I loved it. It was great sitting on the couch watching some football yesterday. A gloomy winter day in the mm-hmm. Northeast, right? A little rainy, sleety. I'm not trying to rub it into you yet either. Yeah, it, was know, it was a, a great day. day. It wasn't all it was. great. It was. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, we, we got a lot to unpack. Certainly both games were action impact got a lot of things tactically you know to break down in this one mm-hmm. uh, but I am here with my friend who's a little down I can see it in him he is he truly is you know he's got a little got a little taste of victory with Michigan winning the national championship and he just thought it was going to keep coming and unfortunately his Lions lost in, a, in an epic battle against the 49ers but what's up man what's going on you? You, so, all right? uh, you know what I have not had a loss a sports loss he's looking a little hallelulu blue <laughs> I feel this bad uh, in a long time like yeah. I was I was thinking about that and I, I I enjoyed a few last night I was feeling good especially after that first half right so if you can hear it, my voice here I'm still recovering yeah uh, but I'm my my wife so my son as I told you has gotten into football for the first time really it's like he's really into it right now and so you mentioned it he's a Michigan fan and so he sees them win the national championship right. and he's watching the Lions and my wife goes you know what I think this is probably good for him that they lost this game because there were t- there were tears afterwards yeah, after the game sure he's nine um she goes because you don't want him to start out too right. spoiled. Like well, I like, always win. We always win. My this, team this always is what wins. It, this is what right. it is. And right. He played football for the first time, and they won their championship like himself. Right. And so it's just like you gotta. This is a healthy this is dose real of life. reality. Yeah. Right. This right. is what it's like to be a football fan. So next year when they're battling, he knows that this is a possibility. Yeah. You can lose in the most devastating way possible. Yeah, that's right. It was. Uh, it was devastating. You know. I'm. Um, you know. It, it's up there with the most devastating way possible. Twenty four seven lead. At halftime, right? NFC Championship football game certainly seemed like you have everything going in your favor. All right, the first half of the football game, you certainly were the better team on the football field, right? You guys came out aggressive, Dan Campbell style of football. It was attack, right? You slowed down the 49ers' run game. They couldn't do anything there. 
You were blitzing them, playing aggressive coverage, you know, and on, on the defensive side of the ball. Your offense came out firing down the football field. So it was like the 49ers who were kind of seemed like early on were trying to figure out how you were going to play and wait how are we tactically going to attack them, you know, off of what they're doing us and feeling the game out where you guys just went, no, we're coming out. There is no feel. It's haymakers. We're going to attack and put you guys in a position that you're not accustomed to, as we talk about with the 49ers a lot, and really had a lot of things going in, in your favor, certainly. Yeah. And damn, I mean, you know, yeah, I was rooting for the 49ers because of my buddy and, and all of that. And I was sitting there at halftime going, oh, man, it's trouble. Like, I mean, in the halfway through the second quarter, I was looking at my wife going, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble. Look at, look, I was like, look at Kyle. He's, he's in shell shock right now. Stressed. You know, you could see it, right? You could see it on his face because he, he couldn't quite figure. Shanahan is one of the greatest code crackers. Wait, this is what they're playing. This is how they're playing. Now I can start to reformulate my game plan. And I think last night it took him maybe longer than it does normally to kind of figure out what to do. Because yes. Aaron Glenn, like we've talked about, they do some crazy things on defense, right? Like we talked about last week have against to. Baker Mayfield. Right, they have to. So they said, wait, instead of being so sound and perfect, we're actually not that good that when we're sound and perfect that we actually still get beat. So why don't we take some chances, some tactical chances, some things sometimes that don't even seem sound to an offensive coach, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be expecting it because it's not sound, and that can sometimes be hard for a guy like Shanahan to figure out what the hell's going on over there. So that is a preview right. of what we're going to do because our promise to the homies each and every recap pod is that we'll talk about all the games. <laughs> um, and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube and, uh, and Peacock right now, you do yeah. notice that we have a different desk here. Uh, yeah. This is so that Chris and I can face off eye to eye when we talk about Dan it's Campbell's decisions here uh, but our other desk is en route to las vegas yep, right now for the, the super way. bowl right and that desk gets to go every year yeah i often don't get to go right but that will change this year yeah. i will be there for at least a day yes to talk uh on monday right and do a pod from there so i'm super excited about that Good. so in Good. case you're watching and wondering where the other desk is that's what's happening right now it's on the way it's to the las way. vegas for the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to, we're going to do the AFC Championship game next. And we're going to do the NFC Championship game first, as the graphic does indicate here. Right. Uh, Gabby back there. Uh, but, but before we get into 49ers and, uh, yeah. and Lions here. What else do you want to get into? What is this? Like, I, I am devastated right now, and yeah. I'm, I've not often been in this situation. Yeah. So I'm thinking of Ravens fans right now, too. Right. Like, I, I almost feel like, is it more devastating to lose in the conference championship than losing the Super Bowl. Gosh, it's... I, I feel like losing in the Super Bowl would be bad, especially if you had a twenty-four-seven lead. But you were in the Super Bowl. But you were in the saying. Super Bowl, right? You were there. What do you think? Like, what this feeling I'm having is it is it worse than if they had made it and lost in the Super Bowl? <sighs> I don't know. There's some. Sil I know what you're saying. It's yeah. a good conversation. It yeah. is because there's silver lining about like, hey, we got here. We're at the Super Bowl. We haven't been there before, right? Yes, but. That's also crushing when you lose that, right? It I mean, is, yeah. The Atlanta Falcons probably have not gotten crushing. over. I, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there is maybe a, a, a part of you that uh, it's close. It's close. It's, I think you're going to be more crushed if you lose the Super Bowl because you're yeah. just going to go, we're so close. Yeah. We're almost there. We almost became champions of the world, all that. This one hurts a lot. You'd like to get to that big show and be a part of that. And, of course, what hurts you even more and what's going to hurt the Ravens. The Ravens, hey, number one seed, this was their year, right? Number one seed, best team in football. The Chiefs didn't play their best all year. You got them coming into your house. That's devastating. 
And then your way of losing is probably the most devastating. To be up 24-7, to yes. go, wait, we're controlling the game. we got so many good things going here. It really doesn't seem like there's a lot of ways where they can come back and beat us, right? We seem like we're kind of controlling all facets of the game. And then to have them come back and lose that way, I know that hurt, man. I know it did, and I, I do feel bad for you. So let's get into it so that we can yeah. just get through it. Just right. work through it as quickly yeah. as possible. Right. We'll spend five minutes on this game. Now, the Lions do go down to the 49ers. Uh, the Lions' win probability was as high as 90% midway through the, the third quarter. I'm surprised it was still that high, seeing uh, the offense struggle to convert some fourth downs. The defense struggled basically the entire game. A 17-point lead at halftime. Teams in the history of the NFL that were up 17 in the conference championship game were 21-0. So uh, the Lions are always making history in one way or another. The third largest comeback in conference championship history. Yeah, third largest. It was because the, the, the Niners came back on the Falcons down by 17. Down yeah. to 17. That yeah. was tied, right? Yeah. Uh, what else are we missing? Bengals 2021. 20, oh, to the Chiefs, the right? Chiefs. They were down 20 to, 20 to 3, right? Or 21 nothing, maybe. It was 18 point. It was an 18, 18 point lead there. And then Colts Pats. Colts Pats. Brady and them were up 21 uh, 3 at one point. I think it went into the half 21 6. But yeah, that's okay. a, that's a, that's a, that hurts, man. Yeah, you guys are up there in the wrong way. Not All a right. great list to be a part of. So can I give my. my Spiel. On you the, want to uh, get right to the just the decision? Can there? we do that first? You want to just get that out of the way? Because well, I feel like that's what people point to the most. Okay, you know, I, and I don't, I, and I, I, I don't think it was the most important thing, right? Okay. Because I think when you look at the Lions' defense, what it's been all year, yeah, right, right, like, like the fact, and I was talking to my buddy about this, who's a longtime Lions fan, the, yeah. the fact that that we had what the twenty sixth, I think they gave up five and a half yards per play on defense all season long. Right. That was 26 in the NFL. Yeah. And you're in the final four with a 49ers team and a Ravens team and a Chiefs team that were all in the top 10. Right. I think they were almost all in the top five. Oh, yeah. San Francisco was seventh on defense and yards per play. Chiefs were fifth. Baltimore was third. So the defense was always going to catch up to them mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And the fact that it took until the second half of the NFC Championship game, I think that's a, that's a huge victory for the Lions. Sure. And it's for that reason – why? And I've always been more sympathetic to, you know, being, being aggressive and trying to, you know, go for the kill Definitely. when you can, right. especially when you have a defense that has right. proven that they cannot stop the 49ers yeah. the entire second half. Right. Um, I think all, all those decisions, I, I would take those all again. I, I would take those, the fourth and two, the fourth and three. Reynolds had the drop, should have converted that. It wasn't a great throw, but it was a drop, you know, and it's like if you show me that play again, I'm like, yeah, we're going to make that play. Um, that's not why the Lions lost this game. I think it's like the aggressiveness for the Lions is what got them to this game. They did. And Michael Badgley is their kicker. And I right. think that the fact that that's just like Michael Badgley was not their kicker until yeah. December right. because he wasn't good enough to make a team. He was on a practice squad, right. you know. And it's not like we had Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker, and it's not like we had an elite defense. Right. And so for all those different factors, there's so many other things that uh, I think are more interesting <laughs> to talk about in this game. The Lions did not lose this game because – Dan Campbell decided to go for fourth and three. They lost this game, in my opinion, because the defense didn't make stops. Yeah. They didn't have a good enough kicker. Yeah. And they made some drops and crucial bad plays in the second half, not converting. No, I mean, listen, you said a lot of good things there. And you're right. You are there because you're aggressive nature. But to me, you, you sound like the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns right now. We're aggressive. We do, we do, we do, we do, we do. That's what we do, we do, we do. We don't ever stop. Then we don't, oh, what? We're getting beat being aggressive? Oh, man. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they know what you're like. You know, again, I think every situation's a little different. 
I think if you kick field goals there and win the football game, everyone's going to go, damn, those Lions aggressive came out kicking ass, aggressive won it. We wouldn't even be talking about it. Mm. We wouldn't. We still wouldn't be. We'd go, they still came in with an aggressive mindset, and that's what Dan Campbell was. This is one where I think, you know, I'll disagree with your opinion and, and say that I don't agree with it. I think that was a huge, the first one especially, I actually can justify the not tying of the game at 27-all more than the one where we're up 24-10 and we can go up 27-10. to 10. I understand, right, you know, your defense and your field goal kicker and what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, hey, the 49ers missed a field goal earlier in the game and they still kicked a field goal to make it 24-10. They had to have trust in your players at some point, right? You know, there, there, there's that aspect. Kickers aren't players. Well, <laughs> yeah, barely, right? So there, 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 there is that. Also, like, you know, I know your defense is not great. You're, you're exactly right. And the way you play is part of the reason why you were where you were. I understand that. But it doesn't mean we have to let that overtake our world. That's what I would say, right? I have so much respect for Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, Aaron Glenn, everybody, Ben Johnson. It's amazing. This is just one thing about them that you know I don't love. My first thing I want to throw out to everybody is just like, I haven't seen a team win the Super Bowl yet with this, this approach, right? That would be my first argument against it. My second thing I would say, and that's just a broad argument. I know that's not getting into the nitty-gritty here. The second thing I would say is, you know, your defense have been playing good to this point. You know, you, you, you're, for this night, you guys were doing a really good job on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. I don't know. Are you sure? Well, First I, drive, first drive, twelve plays. Right for the they missed a field goal. Yeah, right, right. right. Second second drive, eight plays, seventy five yards, touchdown. Okay, okay. Then they do get the the play, the tipped intercept, interception, the interception, right? Like that, and that's what they've done. You know, they've been able to make enough plays, but that's basically their their first stop, right? Three and out punt. Right. From that point forward, not, it was basically two two possessions. So they got interception, the interception, then they started three and, the three and out. out punt. That's it. Okay, okay. That's and it. then they had to work really hard to get a field goal to start the third quarter. They did. You're as flustered as I've ever seen you. He's taking deep breaths over here, everybody. He's still very bothered by this. Well, so, because I think I think it takes to, to make it all about the Dan Camp and and like I wanted to start with that. Yeah. But to make it all about those yeah. decisions and not about the players and not about the you know the, I'd rather make it about the Josh Reynolds drops. Right. It's like he catches the third and. The uh, crossing down, route, the crossing he should catch. Route. The fourth down the fourth, one's not easy. No, it's not, but he should catch it's that. It's a bad throw. It's a bad You'd th- like him to catch it, but you'd he also go, hey, you're that. making $35 million a year. We'd like you to oh, put it somewhere on his body that he doesn't have to dive low and away to catch it. I would it. rather that be the discussion, right. right? Like, Jared Goff needs to make a better throw. Ron- Reynolds still needs to catch it. Exactly. Reynolds needs to catch that other one. Right. Gibbs needs to not fumble. Right. The defense needs to be better than, you know, two stops in the game and making it a hard field goal drive is like a success for them. Like, that, I think, is the... That's that's what lost the Lions the game. I, I, I like, hear you there. They messed it but up. But you could have gone up three scores, right? But if you guarantee- halfway through the first quarter, I, I, there's no guarantees of anything. Stop with that. Like if you guarantee me this, yeah. if you guarantee me you'll get the fourth and two, then we won't have this conversation. But you didn't, so yeah. I don't know. That's right. where it's it's just like I understand your logic about you're saying if you're guaranteeing me he's going to make the field goal. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, that's how everyone's talking. I like know they should have just taken the guaranteed three well, points. Well, yeah, because you go up three scores and you already have yes. this team feeling. The, the, the state of California is on their shoulders. Yeah. They're literally like, oh, all we did was get a field goal there. It's still 14. You guys go down and make it 17. They look at it and go, oh, that drive didn't even mean anything the last one. Now we're back in the same position. Are we ever going to be able to gain ground on them? Right. Right. 
You allowed them to have a jump-off point of well, your defense is on the side, everything's going good. They're probably sitting there going, hey, we're going to get the first down. We've been doing this all year. All the, and you guys are feeling great. We're controlling this game. We might, we might end it on this drive right here. Oh, shit, we didn't make it. Hey, get out there, defense. What? Get out there, huh? Hey, what's the call? Hey, it's okay, everybody. Calm down. We're still winning. And then there's the 49ers like, oh, here's our fucking chance. Thank God. We got a break finally. I mean, does a, oh, a missed field 17 goal. 17-yard throw over the middle. A missed field goal does that, too. I, I understand, though. but that's, that's not what it is. Don't change the argument. That's not. It's a, You're going down too many ifs, in, in my opinion, there. So, right? like for, But, for, but so, that's, what it, that's what it is, right? Because if they go for the field goal, and miss it. You go, oh, what if they would have gone for fourth down? Why is Dan Campbell changing what he does? We're about to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Why, why are they going against what they have been all season long? You know, because like, at some point you play really good teams that like this shit doesn't always work. You're playing a different quality of an opponent. Yeah. And then you're going a little into, I'm going to follow the mantra on my board in my locker room over using my brain or my gut in the situation. And the brain or the gut of the situation is, it's fourth and two, your quarterback's not a backyard, make plays happen on fourth and two type of thing. You're playing one of the better defenses in football, and there is no, there is absolutely no formula that comes up with, oh no, this is a huge moment for the 49 so maybe we have to call a defense we don't normally like to call, and you can't calculate what that is. Oh, no, Joe, Nick Bosa and all of them know how big of a moment this is. You can't measure the heart and soul and the drive and the ferociousness and the intensity they have to go, oh, fuck, this is a go-to big fucking moment right here. I got to win off or beat Taylor Decker off the edge. That can't be quantified there against a team like that. See, to me, where I'm just a believer in, you know this is a, applying the constant pressure. You kick the field goal. I understand you can play the, if they don't miss it, but you put them in a spot of going, shit, damn, we're still down 17. Now we're going to get the ball back in our own territory, right? Probably be a little bit more in a we need to throw the ball mode, can't even be balanced, right? But instead, in that moment, yes, to me, being on a sideline before and being in games like that sure. where the team kicks the field goal, and I'm not trying to be like Mr. I played and you didn't. No, but I get it. There's a feeling there in those kind of games where you're just like, damn, every time I think we got to they, – they squash our momentum. We can't quite get it going, right? And it's moments like that where the losing sideline is looking for, wait, here it is. Let's go. Boom, Debo over the middle, 17 yards. We're fucking rolling. We got some momentum. I know. We'll throw it up deep. Yeah, we got fucking lucky. But we're riding the momentum change. Instead, I would have gone, no, let's kick the field goal. Let's go up 17. Let's kick it down there. Let's make them drive the field that way, right? And make them feel the pressure there. Again, I understand that's how you got there. But I think for these type of situations, you're on the road. And if anybody, like, I think... Back in August said, hey, Dan Campbell, you can be up by 17 halfway through the third quarter against the 49ers. He'd be like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, we're biting kneecaps, that's what we're doing. And I just feel like you got to reevaluate for the situation a little bit. I understand, I'm all for staying with what got you there, aggressive. But let's not be so aggressive that we actually hurt our chances to lose the football game because that's because we're aggressive. It goes back a little to like what I've said about Cleveland and what we did that. It's just, hey, this is what we are, so we're not going to bend at all. And I want to be like, yeah, you can be that, but also bend and recalculate in certain areas. 
And everybody will still go, hey, Dallas, you're aggressive defense. And hey, Cleveland, you're still aggressive defense. And Dan Campbell, you're still aggressive. So that's where I don't like it. And from that point on, I know there was a lot of other things to your point like that changed the game. I'm with you 100%. But from that point on, the game changed in a major way. So it is somewhat easy to look at that moment and go, that was a game-changing moment. I know so it doesn't so all if Re- So that. if Reynolds catches that ball, what happens in the game? Yeah, I that mean... That first one. Yeah, I mean, Game-changing, same game-changing moment. It, it, see, to me, it's not as much. It goes a little into, you can't win the game right here, but you might be able to lose it. Okay. It's a little of that. It's not... No, it's not quite the same capacity. It, it again, is going to put a little more pressure on their throat, right? And you're going to go, oh, shit. Now they got the ball for another minute and 45 seconds as the clock for three downs, right? So it's going to add certainly more pressure to them. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think it definitely guarantees you're going to win the game at that point either. I don't, you know? So that, that's kind of where I stand. Yeah. I know I'm a little conservative that way. I get it. I just would always roll, like this Lions team, yeah. fourth and two, fourth and three, which they went for in enemy territory. I saw someone tweet this 21 times, fourth and three or less. Yeah. Uh, got 86% of them throughout the year. Yeah. If they don't go for fourth and one at the two-yard line against the Rams, they lose that game. If they kick that field goal, I mean, that was a one-point game. They don't even get to this game. I, I hear you. So there's, it's like, there's a lot of stuff I would there, always yeah. roll. with the, like This makeup of this Lions team, third best offense, Like I would always roll fourth and three. And it wasn't like Dan Campbell was going to go for it fourth and eight or fourth and ten. But he has something. done that. He has, that's, that's, that's where but I he wasn't going to do like, that. You know, Not, Fake punts against the Packers on Thanksgiving. Was that was waiting. a bad was decision by the, him. My son was waiting for a fake punt in this Fourth game and too. seven. I mean, two-point conversion yeah. from the seven-yard line. Again, those are moments where I go, I'm all for aggressive. But now you're just believing in a word instead of thinking. That, that's, that's, and that to me is where... But he is thinking. That though. moment. Like, like, I guess, he is thinking. I guess. Right? It's not like he's I feel doing like these you're things. Not, you're having no faith in your kicker, and you're basically having no faith in your defense. That's that's the message you're sending to me, right? And I know, and I know there's going to be other people that go, yeah. no, he's really showing confidence in his football team. I'm just saying, again, I haven't seen a lot of teams be able to pull off, get to the Super Bowl, and win the that Super Bowl with these style of play and decisions. And it's the NFC Championship game. It is on the road. And the quality of the opponent's different than the Rams at home or some of the other situations through the year. And that's all I'm saying is recalculate a little bit and – play that way and uh that's that's what's disappointing for yeah, detroit I, I i feel for you man i get it you know i i get it it's just hindsight you can do this you know i, I talk about this in baseball all the time it's just like we're always getting on the manager why'd you pitch to that guy yeah. he get, he hit a home run why'd you pitch to that guy it's just like well he didn't know that going into i feel it. like all the pressure was on the niners you could see it on their face like we talked about with shanahan he was like literally like like out to lunch a little. Like you could tell he was like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm not yeah. sure how to handle this, right? Purdy did not look comfortable, right? So that's where I'm a believer and just continue that. Don't give them that hope. You're, you're doing everything right in the football game, right? They're feeling it. They're at home. They're supposed to be winning. Your aggressive approach has already taken command of the game. You didn't need to go, we're going to go fucking extra aggressive. That is just where I think it's, it's wrong. And, yeah. again, I know that's, it's certainly argumentative. And there's other moments in this football game that will lead to that, I, 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 that will lead to the loss. I get that. Um, but, yeah, I don't even like the end of the game one either. Again, I'm a guy of you've kind of been the better team on the field all game, right? 
They got a little momentum. So what? Tie the football game. Put the pressure back on them. Again, I think if we went back to August and he went, hey, you got a chance to make it 27-27 in the NFC Championship. He'd be like, yeah, we're going to do it, and we'll see where our game goes from there. But he got a little caught up in the moment, and I just don't – yeah, I don't love that. But still, an unbelievable year. That is how you got there to a degree. I'm just saying at some points you need to recalculate, retool – and learn yeah. and, and be go, wait, this is a different animal. I'm yeah, and those points are when it doesn't work out. You definitely need to go back and not do those. Um. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines net credit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day loans offered by net credit or lending partner banks and serviced by net credit application subject to review and approval learn more at netcredit.com partner net credit credit to the people Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. But like I, I kind of feel bad because this should be the 49ers made plays yes, in did. this game, right. and and regardless of what the line, the Lions didn't execute, fumble, drop passes, uh, ill advised fourth down, if you will. But the 49ers won this game. Brock Purdy made plays with his legs to win this game. Made it, a ton it, of plays. Like, from from your vantage point, like what was the main reason why the 49ers? Like, credit to them, won this game. I think on the defensive side of the ball in the second half, they looked like they started to go, we got to force the issue. Instead of, like, we're going to try to be sound and not let them make big plays, they were like, no, they, they cracked the code, right? This is where this is one of the things I said today, right? The 49ers got where they were the whole year because they played cover four. You guys were fucking up their cover four in the first half. They didn't go, this is why we're here. We're going to run cover four more in the second half. This is what got us here. They went, they're tearing it apart. Let's readjust and change it up a little bit. So they started to blitz. It looked like they started to like slant and stun up front, try to create some chaos because as playing it straight up, they were getting their ass whooped by you guys. You guys were running the ball. You were throwing the ball. You were doing whatever you wanted on them, right? So, you know, I think the defense changed their approach a little bit to force the issue, right, even on the, the strip fumble. That was, that was the safety, right? He was up. They were like, forget sitting back anymore. We're going to start trying to make some stuff happen, make them a little uncomfortable. And I think that even on the offensive side of the ball too, uh, Ahmed, is just that in the second half, I feel like Shanahan came out and said, okay, we're going to throw the kitchen sink at them. Kitchen sink at them. We're going to go full speed ahead. I'm not going to be like, oh, I got to get the perfect play every time and all that. And then you sprinkle in like you talked about. Brock Purdy made some incredible off-schedule plays throughout the game, some scrambles and some things like that that <clears throat> certainly helped the 49ers win the game. I mean, that was the biggest 
thing for me as yeah. a, as a Lions fan. I was like, crap, we're going to lose this game. When I saw Brock Purdy start to make some plays, because yeah. early in the game, and correct me if I'm wrong, he he did not throw the ball well nope. in the in the other game in the game against the Packers. Definitely but you're like, not. okay, rain, bad conditions. I didn't think he was throwing the ball that well early in this no, game. No, he either. made a few plays. He made the one scramble on third down early. Remember when he ran to the left and threw it across the middle of the yeah. field? Right, you're yeah. like, who the fuck is this guy yeah. doing this? This is unbelievable. Right, right. But yeah, it it seemed like they were out of sorts for sure. Even on the, like, the interception he threw. It was like, you could tell he threw it. He wasn't confident. It, it was going to be dicey if the ball didn't get tipped. There was going to be people there. So they were not comfortable early on. Shanahan couldn't get a feel for them. Purdy couldn't get comfortable. And the defense, which I think was saying, hey, we'll be sound in the run game and we will know that in big plays, you guys were like, fine. We'll hit a lot of 15- and 12-yard passes, and they'll run for another 10, and they'll become big plays. And you really gave them issues. And I'll be in, that's where I'm, I'm excited for our Wednesday podcast this week, just so I can kind of go back and look at some yeah. of the nuance on film, what this Niners defense did. NMFCB says, damn okay to Purdy's legs, made three crucial runs to get a first down, avoid a big sack, to throw a dart, to use check. Second half, Purdy was a hoot to watch. Love the pod and love from San Diego. Yeah, 48 rushing yards for Brock Purdy, second most in his career. Had 57 <coughs> week eight versus uh, Cincinnati, and he was a different guy in the first half going to the second half with the scrambles, as you mentioned there, yep. three passing first downs. But the Lions, or, or the, Lions the, the 49ers just have a lot of, Lions do too as well, of playmakers. Right. Yeah, it's right. like the Lions had some missed tackles. Cam Sutton struggled out there on an island, but it's like you got Debo Samuel, and he's one of the strongest wide receivers, right. if this not is, the strongest this happens wide with everybody receiver. Them. Christian McCaffrey breaking right. some tackles. Right. It was Brandon Ayuk is tough out there. It's just like once that offense got rolling for the 49ers, you can see why they're to- so tough to stop. And I give them a lot of credit because I'm sure Debo wasn't 100% in this one. Right. Um, they, you saw him working on his shoulder. It's just like, they got tough dudes who are physical and super, super talented. They're a lot like, like you guys that way. Yes. It's grit, toughness, you know, it's physicality. Yeah, Shanahan's known through his offensive genius and all that, but they run the football, they play defense, right? So they have that. You're, you're exactly right. Um, and I think, yeah, once they – the second half, it seems like Shanahan kind of figured out, wait, they're playing me like this for the most part, and now I can start to dial up some of these plays. It's hard to stop everything they got. You're right. I mean, not only the scheme, the players, and then, you know, hey – um, Dan Campbell, right? He, he, okay, well, we're going to learn from this. He's going to adjust. Kyle Shanahan's been famous for, like, blowing fourth-quarter leads. He never comes back in the fourth quarter. Here he's learned how to manage games better and become better in all these type of situations, right? I think for the first time ever he's got a quarterback who can bring his team back, you know, in the 49er era where he can go, wait, we can be kind of – more drop-back pass, and I can trust this guy that he'll dice some people up. And then I think Brock Purdy and some of his late-game magic this year, whether it be last week, right, that was big. That, to me, kept the 49ers mentally still entrenched in the football game, even though they were down 24-7, because they would go, wait, we're still good, and we've seen our quarterback. He can bring us back. We've seen him. We see that we're, we're not just like Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no, we're not dominating on defense and running the ball. Now we're in trouble because we got to rely on Jimmy, right? They know they're not that. There's a different order there with that quarterback and that team there. 
where I'd go, I don't even know if they're as good as some of the other teams that have been in the NFC Championship game, like you heard me say. But they're more dangerous, I think, because of their confidence in their quarterback and the versatility of their offense through that. And he can make a few plays off schedule. Mr. System quarterback, which, you know, I've been there to say that too. But you could see he can do some things system plus where he can go, wait, nothing there? Don't worry. I can run. I can get a first down. I can move a little in the pocket and slide and make this throw. And that's just enough for what they need for a team, like you said, with that talent and that coaching. I love the the 49ers are winning this way, too. Because people are going to have that discussion, too. And it's like, how good is Brock Purdy, really? It's like, it doesn't matter. In the context of this team, and that's why the NFL is such a great sport, is that there are multiple ways you can build a team and win. You can do it through defense, do it through skill guys. You can do it the Miami Dolphins way with a speedy wide receiver. There are just so many different ways you can do it. You don't need a quarterback that puts the team on his shoulder. The Buffalo Bills have tried that, and it's not worked out with Josh Allen because there's too much on his shoulder. Uh, Tomas Pena has something about the run defense for the 49ers. Uh, He goes, what did the 49ers defense do to start stopping the Lions run game in the second half? People will point to many other obvious things for this comeback, but I believe the Lions having difficulty getting the run game going in the second half was a major factor. I agree. I I think that goes kind of into what we were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. You know, because I think ultimately what we've said, what I'm sure the 49ers know, anybody knows, like when they get this going, night-night, like you're in trouble. Wait, where they're running the ball at four and five yards a clip? Oh, no, now they got, you know, they awesome play action off of it. And when they had some good runs, I almost feel like it was Goff getting into those runs, killing the original play. Because it seems so. like their most successful runs. I was like, man, Goff is definitely on fire right now. It was orchestrating it at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I don't know if they went run pass or two runs called, whatever. But, yes, you know, good offensive coordinator, quarterback that can direct traffic at the line of scrimmage like we've talked about a lot. We'll be talking about number 15 in red and white in a few minutes. The same type of thing. Yeah, it's an extra weapon you have. And certainly they seemed like they came out and had a feel. But I think to our man Thomas Pena, they, they, they just in the second half seemed like they crowded the line of scrimmage more. That would be the biggest thing. Like even like you saw in the fourth down miss, it was man to man. I think they took a few more chances like that and said, "Wait, we can't die a slow death here like this. We got to start to force the issue." And I think that was the biggest difference. Nick Bosa shown in the second half at times, yeah. two sacks. He had four quarterback hits per Next Gen stats. He had a game high seven quarterback pressures, two sacks on forty two pass rushes. Did not do, do any of that against Penny Sewell though. Eighteen one on one matchups against him did not generate a pressure. There, Sewell is such a oh, great player. He's insane good, but insane. for the point. But for the 49ers, it was like you, you paid Bosa. He was, you know, hit and miss at times this year. Yeah. He did show up in some really crucial spots. For he them. did. He definitely did. He's uh, was re- really, I mean, one of the few guys that popped, I felt like, on a consistent basis yesterday in the 49ers defense. I agree. You know, there was nobody else where, like last week, we were like, oh, my gosh, Dre Greenlaw's everywhere. Right? We had some guys like that. This one, it seemed like he was the only one, for the most part, yeah. that kind of stood out in some big moments. Fred Warner was putting some Fred tough Warner spots, definitely, I think. Yeah, definitely. Know. Exactly. He got schemed a few times. Right. Where they were like, wait, we know if we do this and this, it's going to be you all by yourself in the middle of the field against Amon Ross St. Brown or whatever, and you're not going to be able to handle that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, you know, the, the biggest play of the day to me with Bosa was the fourth and two, the first fourth down. When he got around the edge and he made golf move a little bit and then have to reset his feet real quick, 
I would think that was the number one thing that made the ball be off target. Like you said, you'd like Reynolds to catch it, but in the quarterback room today, they're also telling Jared, hey, you need to throw a better ball. Right? Yeah. It's both of them. I'm both of them there. But I thought that was the biggest play of the game by Bosa. Let's look at a couple dots here. Yeah. Um, we got the Brandon Ayuk six-yard uh, touchdown here. Do you want to take a look at that for, yeah. uh, for Purdy and see what we can uh, decipher here? And then I, I do want to end it with a couple Lions dots on their touchdowns just to relive that. Sure. I want to end with a good taste in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> here is the uh, 49ers are down two touchdowns here, but it's like, oh, they're rolling here, and they're down at third and goal, crucial spot. Brandon Ayuk in between Cam Sutton and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, we've talked about Cam Sutton a lot, right? You know, probably a better nickel than he is outside corner. Still good. You know, they put him in some tough spots. We know that. This right here, you know, it was tight, right, this throw? Oh, it was tight. It was tight. And this really goes on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, number two in the middle of your field, right? Yep. You know, you have Brian Branch on Debo, and you have Melon Fonmu there, right, on the backside safety if you're watching these dots where yep. Debo Samuel's covered. He didn't need to stay and favor Debo, right? And, you know, I'm sure he had his eye on Debo because they were talking trash to each other in the media all week. But the fact that he went inside a foot or two with Debo – that was ultimately the difference that gave Ayuk the, the opening to be able to catch the touchdown. And, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a really great football player. Don't get me wrong. But this is one where I, I do look at it and go, hmm, did his emotions, his aggressiveness oh, get boy. the best here of him go. here? I tried to get away from that. Where he wanted to show Debo or not let him score a touchdown, right, instead of maybe just focus on what I got to do. Hey, G, G, G. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Aggression's not good when it doesn't work out. Um, uh, per PFF, Detroit had 14 missed tackles. CJ and Cam Sutton each missed three. Uh, eight other Detroit defenders contributed one apiece. That, I think, is a bigger deal than aggression or going for fourth down and not converting those. Um, but it's that's, been a that's thing all year too. with you guys 100%. tackling, right? You know, it, it, it's, a, just, it's not a good defense. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not a great talent on that side of the ball. So. Uh, that's where you guys were, are certainly not going anywhere, in my opinion, because you got the offense. That's all kind of set in stone. You got a great group there. And now you got defense with young guys who are going to get better, and you're going to have some money to play around with to get a, maybe another linebacker in free agency, another pass rusher, another corner, yeah. right? And you guys aren't far off. You just need another splash player or two on that side of the ball, and it'll totally change your defense around. I agree with that. Yeah. It's a good time to be a Lions fan yeah. right now. I also agree with Dan Campbell saying there's no guarantee we ever get back to this point. Well, and yeah, I, I, I'm glad he said that, yeah. too, because it, really, it just takes – it's not like it's like, okay, we got here and we feel like we can build on this, yeah, which, they, which they do, right. but it's just like, who knows? It's like they were super yeah. healthy this year. That line stayed healthy pretty much for the all, all the season long. Brady um, and Mahomes are fucking with our brain because of that because they're like wait they went every year why right. is it so hard to get back yes and it's just like well they're kind of special so that like that that confuses the situation sometimes and you're like wait we're good we'll be back again one day right that's what you know that's what dan marino said after year two and then he never got back right i mean it's just it is hard like dan campbell said you know you got a bullseye on your back now your whole division's kind of got some talent they're going to retool and try to get better you got to stay healthy right and I've got to have the ball bounce your way a few times during the year. So, but again, I, I think the culture there is already set in a lot of ways. And I just would be shocked if you guys aren't still 
messing with the elite in the NFC next year. So let me end with this, and yeah. it's a little piece of candy for Lions fans because Realistic Takes has just wanted to give props to Ahmed for coming in and recording this pod. Realistic Takes, I thought about not calling in sick or something. He is no joke, Realistic Takes. I've never seen Ahmed like this. Yeah. I've never seen you like this. Last night, part of me was like, I'm going to come in and just start letting it fly, like F-bombs, you know, S-bombs. Uh, but it's Kristen's birthday today, so I, I didn't want to do that. Um, Fuck. But I was like, I just might look because I was so like, yeah, happy birthday, Kristen. Sorry about that. Um, you're right. I, I'm not feeling great about it. Maybe because they were just so good and so fun to watch. I wanted to watch them one more game. I know. Uh, he goes, uh, got a feel for Detroit fans today. Just too many missed opportunities in the end. And that's what it was. So that's why I want to end this with looking at the dots. Can we, we can go back to back on these. The Jameer Gibbs 15-yard touchdown run and the Jamison Williams 42-yard touchdown run. Can we do that? Yes. Just to get a good taste in my mouth to end it here. Uh, so we'll look at, we'll look at uh, whichever one you want to pull up first. Uh, Jamison's so close, man. Jameson's okay, we'll do, close. We'll do Gibbs first, so we'll end with Jameson. Like, uh, this is nice. this is Jameer what? Gibbs. What? Such, I mean, like, this is a run. Like, look at all those red dots of the 49ers. I mean, that's the cool thing about the, the Lions is you got Sam LaPorta, who is right. looking like he might be one of the best offensive tight ends in football for years to yeah, come. Right. You've got Jameer Gibbs here, who looks like he might be one of the best running backs for Definitely. years to come. I mean, who does that to the 49ers? Who have we seen do that to the 49ers, really, the last five years? Oh, we're going to run around the edge. I'm going to break this guy's ankle. I'm going to recelerate and make the 49ers look like they can't tackle or get to the ball, right? I mean, that, that doesn't happen. So, yeah, you're coaching your O-line, and this dude's got three rockets up his fucking ass, let alone his old Alabama teammate, Jamison Williams. Let's go to that dot Let's here to it. make him feel better, and okay? I did, and I did feel bad because I'm on a text with – I was with you and with yeah. Matt and with uh, Pete, and after this play with Jamison Williams, I just texted you guys, Rockets. And then I was like, oh, wait, Chris is not rooting for the Lions. I uh, forgot about okay. that. And I was Don't like, worry. And like uh, Matt, Matt's wife is uh, from the Bay Area. I was like, oh, man. I, I, for, I, I Finally, for the first time in my life, like people are not rooting for the Lions. To, to we're, we're like a threat to people. Um, this play was awesome because I've, I've – my – Biggest concern with Jamison, he's super fast. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know that he plays with the physicality necessary sometimes. Like, this was a run where he got, you know, ripped his shirt at the eight-yard line, just physical enough, made the right cut, and got yeah. it in the end. I was like, dang, that's dang. the first time I've seen really Williams be able to do that. Yeah, break it. Like, power stuff. Power yeah, stuff. Speed right. and power. Yeah. Hopefully next year's the year he takes off, which I, if you made me bet, it will be. I mean, again, what we see on this play, these dots, whatever, this, this is special. There's not a lot of people in football can do this. Really well-designed play you know, by your, your football team, taking advantage of the over-aggressive nature yeah. of the 49ers defense. Right? I know a lot of people here, and maybe we could slow this down when it starts up again, Pete. Like, let us stop right here. You know, I know a lot of people are going, wait, you know, 97. Yeah, go back if you can rewind. If you can't, got to go. Let it re-rack. Or, oh, yeah. oh, there we whoa, go. Oh, look at that. So, well, well I know. Done, all right, Good stop job. it right here if you can. So I know a lot of people right here going, oh, look at Debo. I mean, uh, Nick Bosa crashed, right? He needs to set the edge. I don't think he is setting the edge here. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's his job, just so to make this clear. They're not always a set the edge with the defense end type of football team, right? They'll do this, create chaos, do this. And really, I think what they're expecting here is they slanted to the offense's left, right, where they fake the run because they're trying to take away that strong side run. I believe they've told Bosa to go, crash that gap and go down the line of scrimmage. Takes away the cutback lane. If, like, Montgomery's getting it, dancing, now he's looking for a cutback, boom, he gets hit by Bosa. So the way they do it sometimes is crash that backside end and then really Fred Warner 
I believe, is the guy that's really responsible to then spill over the top. Ooh, interesting. So, so to your point, what you said earlier, they put him in tough spots. See, this is one where he's such a great player, they're going to put him in a really tough spot where they're going to go, hey, if they run the left, we'd like you to be over there and help out if they give the ball to Montgomery. But if they end up going out to the right or something happened there, we need you to kind of fill over the top and get that gap right outside of Nick Bosa. But the way the play is built, and if you go on now and let it play, Pete or Gabby, uh, now he's trying to get there, and he gets blocked by Amon Ross St. Brown, who's mm-hmm. kind of got the angle and crashing down on him. Yeah. So then he can't get there. I don't, yeah, we'll see. I, but the, the 49ers, I know a lot of people are going, Bosa's going to set the edge. I don't think he was supposed to set the edge there. They're a little different that way sometimes. So that made me feel better. Yeah. I, no. Do we have a 49ers dot play to no, end I, with? We don't need to. This is, this is a championship. We have, we have two weeks to talk about this the 49ers. This is a championship edition. We need to end on a 49ers positive thing. <laughs> I don't think we actually do have one. Uh, and to end on Jameson, yeah. he did have one that went through. It would have been a tough catch yeah. right? in the end zone, though. But if he makes that catch... Lions probably win the game. It, it goes through his hands. I forget exactly what, what drive that was. Um, but, uh, man, I, that, those, are the, I know. those are the plays that I think Jamison Williams, like, I don't know that he will ever make those plays. I think you got to scheme him up as the speed guy, right. number two receiver, yep. you know, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. I feel better after that. Thank you for you do, letting me. You feel, do feel thank better? You for, well, those plays specifically. Let's not go back and talk about anything previously that we talked about in that <laughs> recap. Okay. Uh, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> is, was there really anything else you wanted to no, say about no, it? No, I don't, I don't think there really is. I think we kind of hit it all. Uh, Purdy was magnificent. You know, Shanahan staying patient with the run, I thought, even when they were down, was a big part of the football game. Um, Lions, great year. I do want to make sure you know that. I just – and I like aggressive. I like aggressive in a lot of ways. You know that. I don't – I think sometimes you – your football team borderlined on – you know, recklessly aggressive for sure on that line a little too far, and that's sure. where I just go. Like I said with Flacco and the Browns, like dial it back, rein it in yeah. just a little bit, because I know aggressive is what got you where you wanted to go. I, and, and I and that that would be my point. I'd rather fall on that side of the line. If you're a little bit over, like oh, I wish I would have yeah. had those back. I'd rather lose that way than be like, why did we start kicking field goals? We missed both of them, and now we now we're sitting home and just like, why did not just roll the dice? You know what I, I mean? Hear, I hear it's you. like I I would have a hard time stomaching. Two or one missed field goal costing us the game when it was just like, that's not how we played. I got you. Okay. Yep. I hear you there. Uh, NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. 
Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. All right, moving on. We might have to show those dots again for the Lions plays. Moving to the AFC Championship game. Uh, this game was super compelling, not as high scoring, not as back and forth, but uh, the Chiefs chiefed again. They went to Baltimore, beat the Ravens 17-10. to 10. A living like Lay, we'll give him the first word, or her. Yeah. Damn okay. This is the best the Chiefs have looked all season. They went from inconsistent to now they look the same in every game. Dominant on defense, Mahomes efficient, no mistakes on offense, run Pacheco, and then a splash play to MVS who can now catch. Plus, Kelsey just looks healthier, too. I mean, he was dominant in the game. They looked like the old, you know, Chiefs at times. I was like, they're not going to get slowed down on offense, even though they scored 17 points. It just seems like when they needed to make a play, they did. That's right. But I think that sums that sums it up pretty well. It's like this Chiefs team has taken your advice and played the way that this Chiefs team in 2023-24 needs to play. Is, right. that, is that a correct assessment um, yeah, in your mind? Right, right. What are we even saying? Embrace the ugly, right? Yeah. That's who you are. Right? They had a fourth down where they went for it oh, no. against the Baltimore Ravens. Big, bad fucking Baltimore. You just got a strip sack fumble. Kick the fucking field goal and go up 17-7 to at that point. Right? Instead, they kept it at 14-7 in a one-score game. You stole possession on the road. Do it, right? They're a little different football team than your team. So it's not apples to apples, but I didn't like that part. But the, the point is the point here. You know, you said it. Chiefs, chiefed, whatever you want to talk about. This is insan- insanity, what we're seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs. In National Football League, teams don't play B-minus football for 18 weeks and then go to the playoffs and go, we're going to turn it on and play A-plus football and go to the Super Bowl. That just it does not happen. It does not happen. And then, yes, to embrace the style, to go in and play a game of physicality against Baltimore, right? Run the football, stay patient with it, play through the defense, really kind of out-raven the Ravens in Baltimore, really, in a lot of ways, right? Kind of played their game and did that to them. And then, like you said came out with, you know, an intensity, a focus, a wait, we've been in this game, we're going to hit the ground running, and you're going to be like, wait, we're still getting used to the game, and we're going to get on top of you and go, oh, no, now the pressure's on you, because we've been here before, and this ain't pressure to us. I mean, the first drive, the sprint right on fourth down, okay? Listen, I picked the Ravens to win this game. I realized within five minutes of the game I was rooting for the Chiefs, right? <laughs> I just, the Chiefs are infectious to me. There's no disrespect to the Ravens. You know I love Lamar and everything, Harbaugh, all of it. But the, the Chiefs are, like, unlike anything I've ever seen. They, re- they really are. And I kind of like, like this new Chiefs of, like, it's us versus the whole country. Everybody in the country is rooting for the Ravens yesterday. They relish it. And there they are, though, getting back to my point. Fourth down, first drive of the game. They run the sprint out play, right? Sprint right option. The play we've seen Joe Montana hit Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone, right? Nine million times in the 1981 NFC Championship game against the Cowboys. It's the same play. It's really a two-person play. It's literally made for, and in this case, they tried to do a little pick and thought they were going to throw the ball into the flat and get a first down on fourth and two, right? The Ravens switch it off. Like, If the defense guesses right or plays it right, you only have two options. 
and you've run to the right, so you've closed yourself off from the rest of the field. The amount of times they've run that play and he's thrown the ball backside to the back crosser, I bet you is zero in his whole career. Hmm. I bet you for most people that have run that play, they've never thrown it to the backside. Did you see the replay? Kelsey wasn't really running. He was kind of just like, I'm just supposed to do this because the play's going over there, so just keeping you guys here. And then all of a sudden he realized, like, oh, Mahomes is, like, in trouble, and he tried to run, and he caught the ball real quick, right? Do you remember the replay, though? He was kind of just dragging down the field, and then he looked back, and he's like, oh, no, it's coming to me, and he caught it because the ball never goes there. Joe Montana, if he ran ran that play 100 times, I bet you he never threw to that guy once. Hmm. I bet you out of all the quarterbacks, if you took a 1,000 of us and said, hey, all the times you ran that, did you ever throw it backside across your body on sprint right? And they would go, I would bet you like one guy would go, oh, I did it once out of my 100 times I did it, right? I mean, it's like it doesn't happen to make that throw, that play for that. I know that maybe only quarterbacks or offensive players might know how crazy that was, but that was insane. And that there – Followed up by a fucking dot on a back shoulder touchdown pass to Kelsey, right? And then the other third down conversion later on in the football game when he buys nine seconds and then he runs to his left. And then I don't even – do you call that a throw, a dart? I don't know. He's running to the left and his arm just goes to the right. Like he's literally like, oh, hot potato. And Kelsey makes the catch. Like baller's ball. And that's what they did early on in this football game, and they kind of just never seized that momentum from there on out. So let's dive a little deeper into that, and we'll do that with Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. And this is a headline not on this game. This is on Travis Kelsey. Uh, Your headline for Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in this game is Clutch Combination. Mm Mm-hmm. With a double K, okay? No, 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 just one K. No, we're changing. We want a double K. I want a combination K, too, okay? (laughs) No, the whole idea was that clutch was K and then combination C, so KC, clutch combination. Okay, fine, I'll change it back. He's right. He's smarter than I am. You're right. KC, clutch combination. That's good. That's good. No no copies came out. No copies came out. We made that change. Uh, 11 targets, 11 receptions, 116 yards, NFL record, 116 career uh, receive it, uh, receptions now in the playoffs. Oh, wow. So he had 116 yards in the game, and now he has 116 catches in the playoffs. That's insane. Uh, that's uh, the fact that the those numbers line up. The whole thing's insane. They're, I mean, he's, Mahomes is second, what, only to Brady now with playoff wins? Like, what? I mean, he's passing Gronk and Brady. Kelsey's passing tr- Jerry Rice. Like, Ten years ago, people saw Jerry Rice's playoff stats and were like, man, no, those will never be broken. Those will, they're going to be here for a long time. That's not going anywhere. Here we are ten years later. It's like broken. He's going to obliterate it. Like it, As long as he doesn't retire with, with Taylor Swift, he's going <laughs> to obliterate it because he he's not could. going anywhere. But he, he could. Really You're could. right. But look at him. Look at how they use him, the different releases. You know, all around the football field, and then catch the the touchdown early on, one on one with Kyle Hamilton. The great throw, everything about it. Let's look at the dots uh, for that's that a, one. That was a clutch combination. By the way, Next Gen Stat says that the odds of Kelsey catching all eleven of his targets 
was one in 156, just point six. He couldn't catch a cold running bare ass through Alaska the whole year. Yeah. Now it's fucking glue on his hands. I know. The whole fucking team. I know. It's insane. So the 19-yard touchdown. So next-gen stats as we pull up the dots here yeah. uh, for that one, you, by the you, way. You know who they remind me of oh, as who? they pull up the dots, I know? Yeah. It, you, this might be too old for you. I mean, it's, it, the, I mean you're this, younger I, than I am. I know. Yeah. This is the 1988 this is 49ers. The history, history of the NFL. His, 1988 49ers is what I feel like I'm watching right here, right? Okay. The 1988 49ers were like 10 and 6, right? There was like, oh, no, are they ain't going to get in the playoffs. They benched Joe Montana for Steve Young at one point in the year, then brought Joe back. But they kind of like end of the year started to figure out how they wanted to play. They won the divisional game. Mm. They went to the play the Bears in 88. It was the Bears' time again. They're back from 85. It's our year. Cold game, right? Defense, we're the Bears. You're the 49ers in Montana. Montana, you're not that physical. And they went in there and won that game and then beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, right? It feels – they have that feel to me as a team. Like, I just – when I, you know me. I always think of all-time great teams and history and all that. I, I, this, this reminds me of the 88 49ers, like a team that was like kind of all over the place all year. You knew they had championship merit, but you're kind of like, what's going on with them? Why aren't they playing the right way? Why doesn't Joe look as good? What's up here? And it kind of just comes together at the right point. And then, of course, because they've won – they believe, hey, we can keep doing this. We've won in the past. Why can't we go on a run now, right? And that's where it's it just, you know, that's my little histor- history yeah. connection for everybody out there. That's going to be awkward when you see Kyle in Vegas and you're like, I picked the Chiefs to win. Sorry. <laughs> it's just like, but it's an, it's an homage to the franchise that you coach right now, like an old team for them, but I'm picking yeah, them because well, they yeah. remind I, me of I did team. pick the 49ers to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl before the year. To, yeah, I think you probably have to stick with yeah. that, then, even though if you don't believe it now, but I don't know if you do believe it. Next Gen Stats <laughs> says Kyle Hamilton was within one yard of Kelsey from the nine-yard line to the end of the play. It was Hamilton's first touchdown touchdown allowed to a tight end this season the completion probability was just 26 percent those are all the numbers here's the beautiful art of it here oh yeah i listen this is where this is one where you know this is the coverage they wanted when they got man to man here he's going wait i got hamilton you can see he's got velda scantling running a shallow cross underneath who's also probably going to be open for the first down if he doesn't hit it, right? Because 21, Stevens kind of got picked off by one of the linebackers in the middle of the field. But, yeah, this is one where I think they knew the coverage. He knew, wait, if I get man-to-man, I'm throwing this ball to Travis Kelsey just according to how he's played, right? If Hamilton was behind him, he would have lofted it up in the back of the end zone and tried to drop it in. Mm. If Hamilton was even with him or on top of him, I'm going to throw it behind you, Travis. Be ready for that, and I'll bring it to the ground. Throws a dot. Great catch, and then there it was. There it was, right? A little of like, there's this, you know, we talk about moments. They're bad. Exactly. This is that moment where they're all the Ravens and everyone, uh uh-oh, the fucking Chiefs came to play today. Oh, no. They've had our number in years past. Oh, no. They seem confident. Oh, no. They've come to Baltimore before and beat us here. We don't have their number. They're kind of our kryptonite. And I feel like getting off to a start like that in this situation, in this scenario, went a long way for them kind of riding that momentum wave the whole way home. 
So that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. So that is about Travis Kelsey. I'm sure we'll still talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes because he was awesome in this one. Something that my, my dad pointed out, and I was watching both the games with him, is that in the first half, this was awesome. I mean, Casey dominated in the first half. Right. 16 first downs yeah. to five for Baltimore. Fewest they've had, I think, since like week one of last year. Yeah. Dominated the game, managed the game perfectly. The way they called the drives, ate up the clock, kept Lamar and everybody off the field, yes. all that. It was superior. Keep and, going. What and, were you and the say? point that he made is how yeah. the Chiefs did it offensively is they just rode their dudes, right? It was like it was Pacheco, Mahomes, Rice, and Kelsey. Everyone else out of the 221 yards, everyone else had seven yards. It was like those guys were it was like hey, Rice, Pacheco, Kelsey. Repeat. That, right. That's right. <laughs> and they, they were and like, they stop it. who can we count on? Okay, those are the guys we can count on. They've been the consistent best all year, and let's make every play about them. Oops, sorry about that. Didn't mean to hit your computer. It's okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And, hey, we know they're a team that's like that. They're stars. They star. They shine when it's time. They do. Just like we just talked about clutch combination or whatever, they relish the moment. You know, even, even on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Chris Jones had a batted pass early, got a pressure early. They put their corners in some situations, and they went, hey, you're a fucking dude, man. You're the fucking man. we got to put you man-to-man on Zay Flowers and company every now and then. They were like, okay, I got it, coach. I mean, they're, they're, they, they're amazing that way. And, you know, to your dad's point, you're right. They just were going to go, wait, these are our bread-and-butter guys. We're going to go down, kind of like you're saying with, like, you know, Campbell. We're, we were aggressive all year. I want us to go down that way. They were like, they've been good for us all year. We're going to go down that way. We're not going to go down with, like, trying to throw some curveball going, we're going to ride Valdez Scantling today, actually, because you don't, you don't really expect him to be that guy. They didn't trust that. So they were like, we're going to go with what we trust, do that, and they played it perfectly. Mahomes really never took a chance. It wasn't a lot of big throws down the field. It was just keeping in manageable situations. And for the third week in a row, again, I'd like somebody to tell me what the fuck they did with Andy Reid. Where did he go? Because this guy running the ball, balanced, this ain't Andy Reid. Who (laughs) is this guy? Santa Claus. He's an imposter. Finally switched spots. He's an imposter. (laughs) I don't know what they did with him. right? But that, that to me, again, their greatness... Just win the game. Just win. That's the mode they're in right now. I was I, – I'm sure – I don't know if you saw me on social media yesterday. As I was sitting there watching the game, I, st- I started tweeting like because uh, I was literally like, does everybody know what we're watching right now? This is like special of specials. The better team on the field was the Ravens, 100%. Nobody told the Chiefs, though. Nobody told them, Right. I mean, everybody, my dad's pregame show, everybody's picking fucking Ravens, Ravens. Every show I'm watching yesterday, the Ravens are the better team, the Ravens are the better team. I'm here to tell you the Ravens are the better team. But in a big moment like this, you know, perfection, detail, intensity, situational football, man, it's tough to beat the greatest show in the game right now. They know what it takes to win these kind of games. Yeah. And that's where, you know, their grit, their D, Go ahead. So that's it. I, I think uh, yeah. you know we've heaped a lot of praise on yeah. the Chiefs here, but we've probably done them a disservice. We did that to Steve Spagnolo, maybe. We should have mentioned his name yeah. before yeah. on this one. Visionless Dave, too, says Dick Vermeil said in his Hall of Fame speech that coordinators need to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Do you think Spags deserves a gold jacket? Yes. I said this today with Florio. This is where this whole mold has to be broken down, right? I mean, we're going to let owners get in the Hall of Fame. Then we got to get the guys that are like 
coming up with some of the greatest game plans ever to get a team to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, whatever. They got to get the fuck in. 100%. I mean, what? It makes no sense right. that they're not. I mean, this game plan, last year's game plan against the Eagles, as you've heard me say a million times, was monumentally, like, unbelievably creative. And, like, things that have never been done in Super Bowl history were done, and they won the game. Beating the Patriots in 2007, right? The Beating the Niners in 2019. I mean, these were... Things where this defense was supposed, his defenses were supposed to be outmanned in a tough position, and they end up being the star of the show. You know, the running game, Spag's defense, right? Being on the road and being the villain, it just, I think, all worked for in favor of the Chiefs, let alone, like, yeah, and look at these numbers if you're watching us on YouTube right now. I mean, Points per game, rush yards per game. Yeah, Ravens 28 points in their first 18 games, had just 10 in this game, obviously. That second stat is what's going to bug Ravens fans. So 160 yards per game on the ground is what they averaged, and they got 81 in this game. Um, Couldn't run, didn't run the ball. So we have a lot of we have a well, lot of tweets yeah, on that from, let's go from to our it. homies. Let's go to it because we got to get to this. So Jim D said, "Love the pod and great job all season." Why did Baltimore go away from Gus Edwards running the ball? He had twenty yards on only three carries. It's insane. I don't know. This to me goes a little back into our Cleveland. We're aggressive. Dallas, we do this. Dan Campbell, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not trying to take a shot at you because yeah. I know you're really trying you're, to, trying you're to sick on, of me. Trying to move you're on fucking sick that. of me. <laughs> but I mean this by this. Yeah. A little bit like too much, this is who we are. We're going to follow a slogan on the fucking wall instead of just going, we're going to do what the fuck we got to do to win the game today. Sure. The slogan's there. That's who we are already. We don't need to like keep proving ourselves to be the slogan. That's who we are. I. How many times during the year did we come in and go, Ravens run the fucking ball. How many times did you hear me say that? You're the best when you play the your run game. They got into yesterday and and throughout the year of wait, we got Lamar, we gave him this contract, we got Todd Munkin, we got OBJ, we got Rashad Bateman, we got Zay Flowers, like you've heard me say a million times. We gotta throw the ball. We're gonna throw it. We're different than the last Ravens teams. Be different by going to the Super Bowl. That's that's what I would say. Be di- don't be different by Wait, we got to fit the narrative that we've set for ourselves. Like, again, nobody would know. Nobody would care. We'd all be like, Lamar's in the Super Bowl. He made a few big plays in the game that were clutch. It didn't have to be we're going to throw the game, throw the ball all the time and never run the ball. Like, who said that? We talked last week. I mean, they have a huge offensive line. The Bills ran the ball up the middle last week against the Chiefs. So Max Collins says, hey, guys, excited for this pod. What were the Ravens thinking on offense? Best running team in the NFL, Kansas City, to your point, gave up 170-plus rushing yards against the Bills. How do you run the ball six times right. with your running back? Right. The biggest schematical advantage they had in the football game was their O-line versus an undermanned, undersized D-line of the Chiefs, and they let that off the hook. Look at that. Designed runs last week against Houston. They had 31 of them. Right. They just had six it's inc- it's inc- against the Chiefs. It's crazy. I, I, Derek Noddy, I mean, not in the game. We talked about Noddy is their, their number one run stuffer. He's not playing. They don't have great depth there. They didn't really test it. I don't, I don't understand that. I really don't. What would you say, Pete, there? 
Yeah. Willie Gay not hurt. I mean, not there. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Thank you, Pete. I forgot to say that because I said that earlier today with Florio. So I don't get that. Again, I feel like they went into a game going, we want to win like this instead of just going, we want to win. They went, we not only want to win, we want to win like this. This is football. You don't have your fucking choice. You got to win the game however you got to win the game, period. Right? And that I'm shocked by that. That's where I went back to, like, you know, the Chiefs out, you know, ravening, ravening the Ravens in Ravenville. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's, it's odd that I, that happens there. Pete, if you can find a tweet, I know I, got, I saw when I was scrolling through my tweets yesterday after that game, there is, there is a homie that tweeted me, and it might have been to Chris, too, and you, that said, I know what Chris is going to say. They out Baltimore, Baltimore, and Baltimore. Baltimore. It's, my old, it's my old saying. Yeah, yes. I brought this up, like, no joke, probably like six years ago when I was at Bleacher Report. Yeah. I think it was the Saints at the time. The Saints came in with Sean Payton. They ran the ball, like, all game and kind of bullied and I was like, damn, I've never seen anybody come into Baltimore and just go, we're going to out-Baltimore you. Yeah. And I kind of became like, they out-Baltimore, Baltimore in Baltimore, <laughs> yeah. right? And I, I kind of made it a thing. So, yeah, yeah. I bring it big, out every now and then. Big and I, Chiefer 92. There he big goes. Chiefer what up, Chiefer? See, a Chiefer knows a Chiefer. <laughs> to use a Simsism, they say. Uh, well done. Well done there. So uh, that's exactly what they did. Well, they wanted this to be the Lamar Jackson's different, and he's probably going to win the MVP. Right. Right. And he did it by making big plays in crucial times. Did not do that in this game. Just right off the bat, your assessment of, of Lamar Jackson and how, and how he played in this game, obviously throwing into triple coverage at the end of the game was bad. Yeah. It wasn't – I mean, yeah, it just it, – it, it, I don't want to say it was like bad. It just wasn't good. And I think a little bit of that is what we're talking about with the lack of the run game. They became one-dimensional mm-hmm. against a team that's really creative. And once they go, wait, they're not really worried about the run today, they can just be more creative along the lines of pass defense. right? So that bothers me. The other issue, again, where they have to go back to the drawing board, and you heard me say this last week, their answers to the blitz are not sufficient Ooh. against the great defenses in football. Right, I told you last week when we were on here, like the Chiefs are going to look at it and go, wait, their answer was throw the ball quick and quarterback design run. Okay, quarterback design run, that'll be a pain in the butt. Throw the ball quick, they're going to go, well, that doesn't, we're not worried about that. I know how to blitz and have a guy here for the quick throw. So they weren't worried about that. So I was very disappointed. I thought after last week, the Ravens were going, wait, we're playing the Chiefs this week. We got a little exposed with the blitz last week. We better have a few answers this week that scare them from blitzing us too much. And that never happened, and they blitzed consistently throughout the game. It was weird. It was almost like there were times where I was like watching Brock Purdy, and I was like, this is what Lamar, I, I thought he would kind of do on some of these, where, where it was like there was no one open downfield. This is a little bit different than the blitz and yeah. handling that. But it was like no one's open downfield. He, Lamar took an extra beat there, and I think um, – it was just like, yeah. He could never I'm, get out of the pocket, really, and go, right? They, right? Yeah, they, I think they did a good job They did with a good that. job. They had people in his face. And then they, you know, if you go back and, like, if you see some highlights tonight, right, or whatever, watch how, like, the guys on the edge, they never really committed themselves. Mm. So when they saw, Mahal, like, Lamar was in a little pressure and starting to dance around, they kind of just stood there and were like, wait, if he breaks outside, I'm ready to break too, Right. So then he would break, and he couldn't really ever turn the corner, and he had to keep going backwards, right? And then he'd throw the ball out of bounds just barely or whatever. So they were – them playing Josh Allen last week mm. was a great gift for this week. Oh. Remember we said that on Wednesday? The fact that that – wait, 
oh, these are some of the rules we had last week's game plan. Oh, we messed this up a little against Josh last week. Same thoughts. We can be better at it. Let's fix some of those things. I think that was helpful. And then you don't run the football. You know, you get strip sacked, certainly, and that wasn't Lamar's fault. The interception was, was bad. The interception, I don't know if we have dots of that one at all. We don't. But NFL would not release dots of that. They're just like, we can't do that. He has him. He's our MVP. He has him. He just, it had to be like two seconds before that. You remember seeing the replay? Isaiah likely puts his hand up. Yeah. Right? He's, he's done a little move. He's got the middle linebacker. He's got it. When he puts the hand up, that ball should have been coming there. Right? But instead, Lamar, I think, was looking kind of somewhere else and then came back to it. And by that point, it was too late. The play was there if he hits a quick in rhythm right away. He's going to have it. But he looked. He passed the ball an extra way. Then he kind of threw a softball, and everybody converged. So it looked extra covered, right? So that was a big moment. Of course, Zay Flowers fumbling into the end zone. Another huge moment of the football Let's game. Let's save that because yeah. I want to finish with uh, Lamar here. And the, th- the frustrating thing, I'm sure, for Ravens fans, there are many in the, after this game, as they are for Lions fans too, but is that, I mean, Lamar did things where it's just like, that's Lamar. I mean, the, early on in the first quarter, great yeah. scramble, like Leo Chanel's got him. He gets out of it, you know, and like makes a play, catches his own pass, which was one of the coolest looking plays that you'll ever see in a championship right. game. Uh, and also the, the Zay Flowers <laughs> 30-yard touchdown. And let's go inside the numbers for that, powered by AWS. According to Next Gen Stats, Lamar Jackson took 7.57 seconds to throw on this 30-yard touchdown pass to Zay Flowers, the second longest time to throw on a pass over 30 air yards this season, behind only Jackson to Flowers in Week 4 yeah, versus Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. I remember he danced around forever, and we, we showed that on here. He danced around for like nine seconds. That's right. That's right, right yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, this is it's just incredible. This got me out of my seat in my living room. I popped up and went, whoa, because, I mean, it was just, you know, again, Mahomes on the first drive, this followed by that, and you're just going, uh-oh, these, these mofos are on their game today. Watch out. Here we go. And he buys time. I mean, you see here, Zay Flowers is running a shallow cross. He's the third option. He's really looking to his right to Isaiah Le- Likely and Mark Andrews. He doesn't have it. He's supposed to throw the shallow cross to Zay Flowers as his third option. He's covered. There was a D lineman there. He then has to buy time. And then to have the wherewithal, the vision, to kind of see a guy that's supposed to be short all of a sudden break deep and, I mean, absolutely drop a dime, like throws the ball perfectly, doesn't break stride, phenomenal play. And we sat right there. I went, oh, man, we're, we're getting – this is going to be special, this right here. But as we know, it became more defense-related, and plays like this were few and far between other than one other play. But then Zay Flowers at the end of that got the personal foul. Oof. And Baltimore's emotions in this football game, not being in games like this, not being able to withstand, wait, this game's not going our way. I don't like that. And just hanging in there like we've seen the Chiefs do against the, the Eagles last year in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. or the 49ers in the Super Bowl. They don't lose their cool that start to go, we're going to cart personal fouls everywhere. They just go, hold on, we're going to hang in there. Uh, that, unlike the Ravens, did not do that yesterday, and they made a number of big penalties and big moments. I told you this before the pod. So yeah. my mom was rooting for the, the Ravens to win this game because she was like, the Chiefs have already been there. We've seen that, the story, I get it, Mahomes or whatever. 
Shavita said, I want the Ravens to get there. But after the taunting by, uh, by Zay Flowers, she, she, she flipped. Yeah. She was like, I, I'm out. I'm out. I hear and you. she started rooting for the Chiefs after that point. I was, I was like, and Pete makes the point too. It's like in football, it's tough. It's like for these aggressive guys too. And sometimes you're like, you're trying to, you know, you're kill and you're in yeah. the, like the ring, and it's right. just like people trying to kill you. It's hard to like sometimes make those snap, you know, changes, and just all of a sudden it's like, oh, don't, don't get in his face here, even though we're we're battling to the death out here. Um, but that was a dumb penalty, and then you had him reaching uh, the ball out at the one yard line. Um, the North win Korea. probability, we'll keep this inside the numbers, because the win probability before that play was a 28% for the Ravens. I would venture that if you had an in-play probability, win probability, like when he's at the one-yard line reaching the football out, maybe 50-50, because it's going to be a three-point game then. Right. After that, that play, it's a, it's a 13% win probability for uh, for the Ravens and give some credit to Legereus Seed, of course, a lot of credit for punching that ball out, making the play, getting the fumble in the end zone. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say this too: is that and I don't think it was egregious by Zay Flowers to expose the ball there. You see players often trying yeah. to reach the ball in, but I guess Bill Parcells always would say, "Don't reach the ball out." For that reason, right yeah, there, no, don't. It's too valuable. You're gonna, it's, it's you're going to have first and goal in the it's, one inch line. That's the thing too. You know, that, that's it's first and goal. We, got, we don't need you to be a hero in this moment. You did your job, right? And it's hard. I, I'm certainly in knowing it, it's very hard in these type of moments. He's trying, he's, his heart's in the right place. I know that. He's trying to make a big play. It's more about the Chiefs, too. I mean, the Chiefs, just they don't quit on any play. Pursuit. Oh, man, this is a perfect play to beat what we're playing cover zero right there. Oh, he's running a shallow cross. i got to fight through us. But he doesn't give up. He keeps fighting. He keeps running, pursuing the football. Gets there just in the nick of time. That's why he's an all-pro corner because he can do everything. He's a phenomenal football player. But, yeah, in big moments throughout the game, we saw the Chiefs come up clutch. Zay Flowers, listen, I know those penalties weren't called as much this year. That was egregious. Not only did he push the guy on the ground, then he spun the ball as he stood over the top of him, and then dangled his man junk over him. Yeah. Again, I don't want that. That's, That's what not, the ref said. It was like, I was, I was good with it all, the dangling of the man junk. They can't do it. It's over. One, I don't want my 13-year-old son doing that in the game next year. Dangling That's his why man I, junk. Yeah, I don't yeah. want it. And yeah. It's, it's, get, get it out of It's not necessary. Yeah. Right? Right? And, you know, yeah, you get to show him up in the big moment. Like, you don't have – why do you got to make it so personal? Right? Again, you know – their way to fight back is knock your head off over the middle the next time you go over the middle, but they're going to get a penalty for that. That's not fair. That's not fair. Even if they don't hit you in the head, and it's just like, oh, he was not a protected receiver. So that's BS. I, that call was right, right? And Grandma Fareed yeah. believed so, too. She believed so, right. too. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, um, where else do you want to go? I, well, first of all, I want to say that was inside the numbers powered by AWS. Buddy Chai says, yeah. I would like Zay Flowers to get some love, though, for his performance that was overshadowed by an admittedly bad rookie mistake. Yep. He gave his offense life when nothing else was working. If he scores there and they get the win, he probably uh, is the Ravens' offensive MVP. I mean, he was, he is a, he's been a playmaker. You, you saw it out of college, too. You had him as your number one wide receiver, showed flashes of it in this game for sure. Fat McAfee has tweeted us as well. <laughs> He says, I have a couple of questions. Okay. Number one. Yes. Did Mark Andrews' return actually hurt the Ravens more than it helped? I hear you there. I, there there's, that thought went through my head during the game yesterday, right? You know, it kind of had a formula that had been working as of late. Oh, wait, Mark's back in. Let's try to infuse some of Mark's plays back in. You know, it can kind of disrupt your 
the rhythm you had working there, right? I mean, of course, you, you want your best players out there. So, But I think that's a fair question. And I certainly I thought the same thing. You know, did, did that disrupt their little rhythm with kind of how they've been attacking? Because now, oh, we got Andrews. Let's make sure we try to get him the ball a few times. And I don't think that was really one of their thoughts there, uh, you know, throughout the, the last few weeks. 18 snaps, two catches, 15 yards for Mark Andrews. Really not a factor in no. the game. And either was Odell Beckham Jr. And that's the second part of Fat McAfee's question. Is the OBJ thing over or is it just me? What was it for him? Six targets, three catches only for 22 total yards. Zay Flowers is a superstar and will only continue to be. He's going to be their number one guy. He's a big-time football player. OBJ, I don't think we'll be back with the Baltimore Ravens next year. It's a one-year deal, right? I think in, in all truth, I mean, yeah, $18 million for what he did this year is probably the Ravens are probably going, man, we overpaid him, right? Still really good. Like, number one superstar anymore? No. That's, of course he's not. You could see yesterday he was not their number one go-to guy, right? So, but really good number two, unbelievable number three, right? Still can add value to your team. He does have great hands. He's smart, and he does still have enough speed to make big plays. We saw that during the year. But, uh, yeah, the day of him being the difference maker, game changer, the guy that changes the game plan, you know, that, that day's over. And uh, it's sad to say, but still phenomenal football player, still got some good years ahead of yeah. him. But, yeah, he ain't, Zay Flowers will continue to grow to be the number one guy there in Baltimore. What sucks for the Ravens is that, much like the Cowboys now, yeah. it's like nothing matters anymore except for postseason success. Right. It's just like regular season. One right. seed, it's just like, all right, if you can get to a Super Bowl, then it actually can make us feel good. They're now 0-24, too, when trailing by 10 or more points at halftime since 2013. They're every other like the team, Niners this way. Yeah. Every other team in the NFL has at least one comeback win after trailing by double digits at the half in that span. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a little that way of like, you know, Hey, we like the we play with the lead. We bully you early. You know, we can stay on the run game. Our defense now because you're throwing the ball all the time. We can be crazy, but yeah. Th- hey, listen, this was the first year that they lived through the pass game, right? It's the first year where it was literally like, hey, pass game number one. And as you heard me say earlier, I think it was too much as we saw yesterday. Their biggest advantage was they were bigger. Then the Chiefs D-tackles and D-line, and they didn't take advantage of that and never really compromised the Chiefs off of that. Um, but, yeah, those are things that Lamar is going to have to continue to answer, right? Fourth quarter comebacks, playoff wins, all of that. Listen, I think you heard me before the pod. One of the things I think that also got me rooting for the Chiefs yesterday, and you know I'm, I love Lamar. I've been a big defender of his and, and fan of his and everything he's doing. He's transcending the sport in a lot of ways, right? But I heard some things yesterday on pregame shows and on Saturday and stuff where people were trying to tell me if Lamar won the game, that puts him right up there with Patrick Mahomes. And I wanted to be like, oh, did, did I go to another fucking planet over the last few? Like, where, what? Mahomes is in a different world. Mahomes is with Brady and Manning and Favre and Elway and Marine. Like, no, nobody is that right now. In fact, he's really getting to a point where it's just like, it's Brady and Mahomes. They're in their own little room together right now, right? So I took, like, I took offense to that. As being a Lamar fan, 
I'm still not going to sit here and go, wait, it's the, first, the guy, they haven't been in the playoffs. He hasn't played in a playoff game in three years. And all of a sudden, we're just going to go, if he wins today, he's as good as the guy that goes to the Super Bowl every year. What? Like, that's crazy. Who said, was it Phil Simms? No, it wasn't Phil Simms. He's not that stupid. <laughs> he's stupid, but he ain't that stupid. But yeah, there was a lot. And I was just like, really? We're going to be that prisoner of the moment that we're going to, one guy's been dominating the league for five years, and we're going to go, this guy won today, and he's now every bit as good as him. I, you don't think Mahomes heard that talk? Well, like, that's crazy. And then on top of it, the Ravens poking the bear. Okay, I want to get into this with Justin Tucker. Exactly. Kicking field goals. So is this really where the game was lost? Was it lost even before they started the game because you had the moment where uh, and if you're watching on YouTube or Peacock right now, you're seeing it. If you're listening, we'll describe it and, and go to Twitter or whatever and check it out. So Justin Tucker's right there. He's like set up his helmet and his, his footballs right there on the goal line, like basically right where Patrick Mahomes is trying to get his warm-up throws right. in, and Kelsey just throws him off the field. Oh, I, I wish you could see it even longer because it goes back where he then he puts it down again. Mahomes kicks it, right? Mahomes has another time where he kicks it. Then Justin Tucker sets it up one more time, and as he turns around, Mahomes picks it up and throws it. This goes on for a few minutes. So this video here does not even show the full extent for how long this went on. Now, what I don't understand is this is the chief side of the football field to warm up, right? So why is Justin Tucker there anyways? Then the other thing I would say is, why is the tripod set up on the goal line? I've never seen a kicker in pregame warm-ups kick, z- kick zero-yard field goals. That would be a zero-yard attempt. Right. That doesn't happen in the NFL. I've never seen a zero-yard attempt. So did Justin Tucker do this to just be annoying, or did somebody on the Ravens tell him to go down there and be annoying thinking they were going to get the Chiefs off their game or whatever? I would love to hear that story. I think we're going to eventually hear that. But, man. One thing I've learned is don't fuck with the Chiefs. They, lo- like, they, they love this shit. You start to get personally like in their face with certain stuff. There it was. See it? He just kicked it. So that's one of them. Look, he's talking to him. He's going to say something. Watch. He's going to reset it up. And when he turns it around, he turns around Mahomes is going to pick it up and throw it again. Watch this. He's going to throw it. He's going to keep going. Watch. Watch. He's going to. He's going to turn around for a second, and as he turns around, he picks it up and throws it again. I love it. That's crazy. So, uh, so Rich, uh, Rich Ornberger, yeah. a former NFL offensive lineman, yeah. is chiming in. Okay. He goes, uh, Justin Tucker set up on the chief side of the field. Kickers have been doing this on purpose for years, trying to irritate. Kelsey and Mahomes did the right thing, tossing his gear, should have tossed it further, play stupid games, earn stupid prizes. Have you heard of this as a thing? This- I, 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 well, it, like, I don't know if I knew it was a thing, but I'd always used to be like, why is the fucking punter and kicker, like, around their kicker around us right now? I always, like, well, what is going on here? Like, we're the quarterback. We're actually playing today. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. And then what are you doing on our side of the field? Nowhere. You know, again, that's where it is odd. It is. And I think Rich brings up a lot of points. And, and again, what I would say is just, why would you mess with the Chiefs? They, they, they look for these reasons. They look for this type of stuff to kind of get the, the blood boiling to an extra degree or two. Uh, they relish this kind of shit. You just you're not going to bully the Chiefs. You know they're kind of like they're the cool bullies, right? They're like the bully 
who will stick up for some of the nerds on the playground and not let the other bullies bully. Right. But they're also going, I hope this bully tries to bully me because I'd, I'd love to kick his ass, right? And that would be me. Yes, Pete's asking me if I was this bully. That would be me, <laughs> Pete. Yes, I was the guy that stuck up for the guys who couldn't stick up for themselves, right? Because I couldn't stand the asshole who always picked on the kid who couldn't defend himself to make himself feel better. I couldn't stand that, you know? Chiefs got a little of that in them. That's what I like about them. Uh, Pete can't bully to, Taylor Swift. Pete wants to note here that you said that the 49ers were too friendly with the Ravens before the Christmas, Christmas I, night game. Yeah, I did. Yes, I maybe, did. Maybe the 49ers have to try to bully the Chiefs. Well, you just have not their that you, kicker. You don't have, have Jake Moody. Them. Have you Jake just, Moody set up. You, you got to set an attitude line. of don't try to piss them off, but we're not scared of you, right? That's what I would say. I thought the Niners, when they played the Ravens, tried to be their buddy buddies too much, and I had never seen the Ravens be like that. The Chiefs came out yesterday at the start of warm-ups and let the Ravens know, we're not your buddies in any drill. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you saw their DBs, the receivers got in a fight. It all happened because the Chiefs were going to try to set the tone of like, we know you're the Ravens and you're tough, but we don't give a damn. We've, been, we've paid tough teams before too. So it's awesome. Conference championship weekend in the books. The greatness of Mahomes, the Chiefs, once again shows, I know we might be all sick of it. I get it. But I still think, too, everybody take a deep breath and appreciate what you're seeing. We're seeing a run from a special player that you don't see often, right? It only comes around every now and then. Michael, Kobe, Magic, Larry, Tom, Peyton, Patrick. Like, this is special. So don't take that for granted. I know a lot of people probably didn't want to see it. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry for your Lions. Once again, I really am. I'm happy for the 49ers. And it was a great day yesterday, regardless. It was a great awesome games, day of football. And it should be a great Super Bowl. No, I'm, I'm going through the stages of grief. I yep, think I, I angry are. last night and denial. I think whatever it is, acceptance. I've accepted it. You're better right I'm now than you were the at the start of the pod. I feel a lot better, The start actually. of the pod, you were truly – it was the most emotional I've ever seen you. I could see you were still a little anger and working it out in your brain. And well, you were ready to fight me because well, yeah. you knew I was going to come at you well, with the I going. I know because we do have a philosophical difference with that. Right. And I was on the text thread uh, last night because we have a whole football group. <laughs> Tell him. And, uh, Tell him how you were telling well, a Super Bowl winning coach and a Hall of Famer he was wrong. I don't have I don't have Tony's number in my phone. <laughs> so great. And so it didn't we come up release as the his text. name. Um, so you telling Dungey you're wrong. <laughs> I don't think I ever said those no, words, right, but I did say you guys are crazy. Yes. Um, because our defense directly was after his I text. I did yeah. right after his text. Uh, I do feel bad about that now, but I was in full fan mode as I was saying. I was enjoying it, and I was really enjoying it in the first half. Uh, but I do feel bad for telling a combined how many Super Bowl rings with Devin McCourty in that group yeah, chat yeah, as well. Yeah, you told them all they're all crazy. Many, uh, <laughs> I said they were crazy. Here I am, fill-in host on Football Night in America, telling uh, people with multiple Super Bowls that they are idiots yeah. on a text thread. That's what happened to me last night. That's <laughs> a little what emotional. To me. I got a little emotional, and it carried over to the beginning of the pod. Well, that's what it is for me because it's like I love the way they played. Yeah, I and know. I, I would not change anything about this. Like people are like, "Oh, that's dumb." Well, you of course change the things to get them to the Super Bowl. I get that. Of course, yes. But like I would I would not change anything about the way they played in the Chargers game. They're playing to like not give them the ball at the end of the game. They did that a couple times this year and I loved it. So that that's why I'm like defensive about it because I, get you. I don't I, I've seen teams I like rooted for Michigan throughout the years where they're Lloyd Carr era where they played not to lose, not to lose, right, not to you. lose. And then when you lose those games, you feel even worse and so that's why it's like 
go for it, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, and it just didn't work out. No, I, there's a lot to appreciate, and that attitude did get you guys where you are. You're right. Yeah. I'm just saying, I thought it went a hair overboard. I get it. Uh, the, 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 it it's, yes. Reasonable minds can differ. 100%. And 100%. Still, kudos to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions for an incredible year, okay? And um, also... Wayne Fonts, oh, yeah. hang in there. Oh, gosh. Keep living. Which I think every time I see him, he seems to be doing great yeah. and enjoying life. Keep living. I'm yeah. got to bet to win here, okay? <laughs> Give me five more years. Yeah. I, think, I think the Lions within five years will get there. They've turned the corner for the better, yes. okay? Amma needs to win his bet. <laughs> All right, everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope we recap this thing in full. There's probably there's probably a few things we're gonna get done with the pot. I'm going, oh, I wish I would have said that, but that's yes. the status quo. Uh, I, there's there's one there is one do, actually. Oh, there. but we can do it Wednesday too. Yeah. You know that that ball that went off the helmet of Vildor. Yeah. And Ayuk caught. Right. That one. Um. They threw the flag. I know. For pass interference, they ended up picking up. They that did flag. pick it up, right? So, like in my mind, I think that if. He didn't you catch he, it? I think they let it stand because it, he did have a little – there was a little contact before yeah, the catch. Right. So it's like people are like, oh, what a bad break for the Lions. But I was like, I don't know. I think if he doesn't catch that – They would have left probably, the flag. I don't, do, you, do you feel I, like that too? I feel too? the same way. I do. I feel like it was a little bit like, ah, for who cares? He caught it. He got here. We don't need to, yeah. you, know, you know, micromanage the game, calling a P.I. here or whatever. Right. But, I know. but I know. It was uh, – for the most part, That's the ref stayed That's out of the I way. There wasn't any, I thought, egregiously bad calls. Agree. You know, I honestly thought the two calls on the Chiefs at the end of the first half, the holdings on Trey Smith, and the one on the touchdown – Man, that's standard. That wasn't holding. That was just a swatting of the guy by. Yeah, That was like, I couldn't believe they were called in that moment. Those were big. Uh, but, hey, we'll break more down on Wednesday. Let me watch the film a little bit more. Let's dissect it a little bit more. If you guys noticed anything out there, homies, send in the questions. Send in the evaluations. Let me know, and we'll break it all down. I appreciate everybody enjoying uh, or in joining in on this podcast and the participation. Ahmed, you the man. Thanks for showing up for work today. Of course. Right? That's what real Neil Kit, Neil, Neil, uh, kneecap biters do. That's what we do. They got to fight through adversity. That's right. You don't hide. You keep fighting. All right, everybody. Be good. See you Wednesday. Peace out. Clap it up. Clap it up. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.